I became someone who I needed on my journey because I realized that no matter how lonely or disconnected we feel from the world, you are not the only one who is feeling this way. The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Welcome, welcome back to the Conqueror Approach. Today, I have a very special guest. Patia Kolibova is a woman transformation coach who has helped women uh, around the world who's been pushed down and playing small due to toxic relationships, unhealed child trauma, and just helping them become the best version of themselves, reach their potential, everything that they're capable of. Uh, she's a CEO and founder of Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. Uh, welcome, Patia. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. That was such an energetic introduction. I love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> and I love that when we started recording, it was 11-11 on 11th. Oh. Hold on there. Like, <laughs> this is huge. This is beautiful. And I feel such honor that I can be a guest on your show. I, I really love what you're creating. So I feel really excited to be here today. Likewise, I'm very, very excited to have you. And I'm, I'm honored to have you because I'm, I'm so impressed and proud of your work because it's so needed uh, in this society, this culture for women around the world uh, who, who deal and men as well who deal with issues, uh, dealing with toxic relationships, dealing with self-worth issues, not dealing with childhood trauma because of stigmas or whatever the case is. And then there's people like you who are out there just designating your life to help people break through those limitations. And, and that's something that's uh, inspired me and I'm sure a lot of other people who are listening. Uh, and I wanted to ask what got you started? What inspired you to become a transformation coach? Mm, I love that question, you know, and around seven years ago, I had a clarity call back then. I didn't even know what it is with one of the coaches who is now uh, pretty well known, Jake Woodard. And he asked me, I think like 10 or 15 minutes in the call, when will you become a, a coach for women? When will you write a book? I'm like, you're crazy. I cannot do that. I don't have my things together. You know, like I don't have all the ducks in the row. How could I tell anyone what to do if I don't know what to do with myself? Right. And look at me today, seven years later, I'm living that. And I truly believe that sometimes it takes someone to see us, to shift our perspective. I didn't start working with Jake. However, I feel like he planted the idea, planted the seed of something that deeply, deeply I knew. I knew I wanted to be helping others because I once needed the help. When I was going through my depression, anxiety, eating disorder, attempt of suicide, and really hating myself, hating my body, and really feeling just like a waste of space, back then I needed someone who would just give me hope. And it wasn't as easy, you know, 20, 10 years ago, it wasn't as easy as today asking Uncle Google, right? Or going on Instagram and you will find 
you know, dozens of influencers who are living what you used to be living, you know, and who overcame that. So I became someone who I needed on my journey because I realized that no matter how lonely or disconnected we feel from the world, you are not the only one who is feeling this way. So if I think about something, if I feel something, there are more people thinking and feeling the same way. And if we are all sitting in our corner at home, feeling sorry for ourselves, nothing will change until we go out there and start changing ourselves. So that's why I do a long-winded answer. (laughs) That's why I do what I do. And that's why I am who I am today, because I needed it on my journey. And I remember once I heard it from Chris Harder, he said, create what you wish existed. And I feel like that's what I have been doing Mm. in the past decade. I created something that I wish that existed, a podcast, a TV show, a woman's weekend here in Las Mm. Vegas, hosting international retreat. We just came back from Tulum. That's why I'm like, where is my sunshine in Vegas? Um, (laughs) You know, 2019, when everything was like normal and we could be traveling, we were hosting now in my fiance retreat in Bali. And it was incredibly mm. transformational. We're planning a retreat for men and women, you know, this year in fall in Bali. So we're like hoping everything will be open. But I think that when you can step into, what do I wish that existed? And what is something that I can do today? Like right now, right here, that's going to really fuel you and light you up. And I personally believe that we came here to be lit up. We came here to be magnetic and Mm -hmm. it's much more fun that way too. You you mentioned something uh, really great, which is someone saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself at the time, which is important. And we, we sometimes shut off people. Tell me, we, you don't know what you're talking about. If you were, if you knew what I was going through, if you knew what was in my head right now, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be saying that. Um, but that's that's limiting beliefs right there. You know, mm-hmm. when someone is, is seeing what they see in you and you can't even receive that. Yeah. How, how, do, how does someone get past limiting beliefs that stop them from becoming all they can be and achieve their purpose like you have? That's an amazing question. And I love that because each and every one of us does have limiting beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. You might not have a limiting beliefs that you are waste of space or that you're worthless or unlovable Mm -hmm. as I used to have, but every level of your life will bring a different limiting beliefs. Like, can I really do that? Can I really build a business? Can I have a six figures? Can I have seven figures, right? It will be always changing the limiting beliefs with you, but how you approach them is going to be different depending on your level of awareness, self-awareness and your growth and how supported you really are. One really, really, really easy exercise that anyone can do when limiting beliefs comes up and you know some people can be like well what is limiting belief i truly believe that your listeners are pretty conscious and aware right but maybe somebody's tuning in it's like what is limiting belief well beliefs are just the thoughts that we keep thinking over and over and over again right and when it's limiting it feels contractive in your body 
it feels making you smaller instead of expansive, right? So when something doesn't feel right in your body and your body, it's so wise, it will tell you right away. Like, you know, the notch in the stomach or these shoulders, like, you know, contracting or making yourself like physically smaller, start noticing those. Start noticing how your body is responding to your thoughts because does it feel good? Are you standing straight? Are you like feeling your heart open or are you smallering yourself, like really dimming yourself? So that would be the first step. Start noticing what are your thoughts and how you're feeling about them. And then ask yourself, magical question, super easy. Is that true? Is that really, really true? Is that hundred percent unshakable truth? Because very often, if you would ask yourself, like, is it really, 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 really true that I'm not good enough? Well, is it a fact? Can you 100% say you're not good enough? No, because you're good in some things, right? Not enough compared to what or who. So first, your physiology. Start noticing your body, how your thoughts are affecting your feelings and how that it's affecting your body. And the second, if it doesn't feel good, go deeper. And really ask yourself, is that really, really truth? Most of the times it's not. And if it's truth, where did you hear it first time, right? Like whose truth this is? Because it could be truth, but is that your truth? Or is it something you heard, something you experienced? Is that still truth today? Because there could be truth, let's say, for example, hey, it's not safe to speak with strangers, that's true, right? When you're a little kid and you want to be protected, like, mm-hmm. let's not run around and go with whoever it's on the street, <laughs> right? We wouldn't, right. yeah, let's not do yeah. that. But if you're an adult, is it safe to speak to strangers? Right? You gotta just assess the- I think you like, need to. On, right? <laughs> if you're in business, you have to. <laughs> there you go. So it might've been truth up until- you know, now or up until you were grown adult, Mm -hmm. but it's not true anymore. And this subconscious limiting belief can still run it. Just think about it when, and and listen, I've been there. I don't know about you, but when, when I was starting, you know, like business and things, and you are supposed to reach out to strangers and you're supposed to do cold with people that you don't know. I was freaking out. I was terrified. What would people think? What if I say something stupid, right? So you mm-hmm. keep overthinking and overanalyzing versus trusting yourself and going for it. So first physiology, your thoughts, your feelings, then asking yourself if it's truth or whose truth this is. Where did I hear it the first time? Because when you go and maybe you don't remember the first time, but you can go a little bit back and you're like, Oh my gosh, yeah, my parents told me that when I was like eight or when I was like 15. Come on, most probably you're like double that age now, right? Or maybe triple. So is that still true? So it might seem really simple, yet not very often we take action on that simple. It won't be easy, but it's simple. So you really get to take that step and do something differently. And and I think it, it, that that question is really it really changes the way you look at everything. Like, is this true? 
mm-hmm. or, or asking yourself, is this serving me still? Is it still serving me? Because sometimes those beliefs, like you said, when you're a child, talking to adult strangers might be a, a, a mechanism that serves you when you're a child. But as soon as you get older, like you, you need to have communication and relationships with other people or else you start uh, going down this this lonely depression <laughs> depression or, or whatever it is or just not as effective as you can be because you're trying to do everything yourself which mm. is not interdependent not yeah mm-hmm. it's not synergistic we need a team and teams are successful and there's something else that you mentioned earlier uh that i i still just i, I couldn't get out of my head because you you kept mentioning that you became who you needed to be on your journey and this is really what uh, I made this show about. It is about the journey of self-mastery because it's not the end goal, right? You you could have said, I, I want a podcast or book or whatever, and then that's it. Once you've done it, like you're successful. But it's it's who you became on that journey to write that book or to create that podcast or to coach other people or to do the retreats, right? And it's I want to remind people that it's not always about what you set out to do. It's about what you become in the process to self-mastery. And, and to, to take it back to, uh, you mentioned that you had an eating disorder for quite some time. Uh, and this is, this is pretty common, I feel. Uh, and, and I wanted to ask, do you know what triggered that eating disorder and how you overcame that? It's powerful. Um, my belief, and, and listen, it might be something else, but my belief, it's what triggered it was, see, when I was a little girl, I always saw my mom being on diets, always, always, mm-hmm. up until today, she is still. <laughs> so she was always on diets and she was always um, outsourcing her worthiness, you know, like really validating herself through others. So I was thinking that how you look, it's really important. Um, she got remarried when I was two years old and my stepfather was physically and mentally abusive. So he was, um, calling me names that you shouldn't be calling, not adult, forget the child. And, um, he was telling me, you know, like you're nothing, you're worthless, you're fat, stop eating. So I, that's where it kind of started, right? I wanted to, I wanted to make myself smaller. I wanted to be petite because I was thinking that the smaller I will be more worth of love and protection I will be, right? Because I was thinking that if I'm big and strong, people won't want to support me and help me and protect me. So I developed eating disorder when I was 11. And it lasted 18 years. And uh, what helped me change it was, um, you know, when I was 18, I attempted a suicide. And um, I, I recovered, right? We can see today. But um, <clears throat> when I was around 27, 28, I was again in that stage of darkness, hopelessness, feeling empty. Everything on the outside looked good. Like you look at my life and, you know, I was married back then, happily divorced now. Um, 
married with someone who I knew back from my country, you know, for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And um, he was narcissistic, you know, and then I was, you know, working out a lot, doing fitness competitions. So everything on the outside looked perfect. I had a great body. I had a great corporate job. I had a handsome husband, you know, everybody look at us and we're like the perfect couple, right? But it was something else behind a closed door. And I felt guilty and ashamed of like, oh, my life, everybody thinks it's good and I should just shut up and be grateful for it. But inside I was dying, inside I was miserable, inside I felt so empty. And that's why, again, was binging with food, binging and purging. And I came to the moment when I was like physically and mentally really exhausted because, you know, with, with the purging, like you exhaust all of your energy and, you know, you're tired and I couldn't sleep after that, you know, mm. so I was really, really tired and I got to the point one day that I was on my knees and crying and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need help. And I started to search online. And like I said, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't as easy as, as nowadays, right? And I tried to look on Google, like how to how to be happy, how to overcome suicidal thoughts, how to overcome eating disorder. And you know, I look at some, there were just some rehabs and stuff, but listen, back then, like I didn't have tens of thousands of dollars to just like take vacation, right? And, and go to rehab. So thankfully, who I did found was Louise Hay. Louise Hay, Wayne Dyer, and, you know, authors like that. And it changed my life. That's the thing that um, dropped, like, this hope, drop of hope into the ocean of hopelessness for me. Because I started to learn about, you know, self-awareness, self-love, affirmations, and I started to brainwash myself. I didn't want to think about, you know, these all negative thoughts that I had, uh, and I needed to replace it with something back then. So I started to listen to, you know, Tony Robbins, I love him to life, Les Brown, you know, and later on, like Jay Shetty, some of them I met in person, you know, and in a mastermind that I attended here in Las Vegas, like Jay Shetty or Les Brown and... It was incredible, but back then I just needed hope. That's all I needed. So thankfully now, I don't even know how many years, but I'm eating disorder free, maybe nine years, you know, something like that. But back then I would never believe I can overcome it because it was almost, almost daily. And then some days daily, you know, a challenge for me. I was obsessed, you know, with food and it was the only thing that would calm me down. It would be the only thing that I could numb the reality that I didn't want to be in. And maybe your listeners are not struggling with eating disorder, but I can guarantee you that each and every one of us has something we're numbing with, right? Whether it's food, whether it's mm -hmm. shopping, excessive exercise, you know, um, or, you know, the, the food, but the, the thing is that until you really become true to who you really, really are, you will keep numbing and suffering consciously or subconsciously you will. And that's what happened for me around, you know, three, three and a half years ago, when I was working with a mentor, we started to work on my values, my non-negotiables, my core values. 
And that's when I realized probably for the first time, it was like a slap in the face that my core values and what I stand for doesn't align with the life that I'm living, not the relationship Mm -hmm. I'm in, not the business that I have built, not the clients that I had. It, It felt like struggle and fight all the time. And it's not meant to feel this way. Yeah, it's it's not, and it's. Uh, I like the way you you explain. Thank you for sharing all that because that's not easy to be very vulnerable. But it's it's something that people can relate to for sure because there's a lot of people who may be in a toxic relationship like that and they just settled and they maybe feel shame for not being happy or whatever the case is. Uh, and then we go back to like your eating disorder. You said you started when you were a little girl, but it probably wasn't in your conscious mind that those experiences, those little traumas that you've been through was causing you to feel a certain way. And for 18 years, that show that became habitual, it was at that point something you didn't really think about until you got to the point where it was like, I need help. I need to change this. And I also want to remind people that it's, it's okay to ask for help. Like that's what you're here for. That's what there's so many people out there who are willing to help and that no issue like eating disorder, thoughts of suicide, those things, you don't ever have to go through that alone because people are, are really, really available to help you once you open and let people in. And I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that because now you're able to share this story with other people who might be having similar issues. But like you said, everyone is probably numbing somewhere. It could be something as simple as watching TV until you fall asleep because you don't want to deal with how you feel <laughs> or whatever the case is. But there, there are things in everyone's lives that people are, are just numbing and, and not reflecting. But you were able to reflect. You were able to look back, peel those layers and identify that this eating disorder was developed for a long time. It's not serving me. It's not healthy. I don't deserve to feel this way. You are enough to change it. And you're an example of what is possible. Mm-hmm. And you didn't succumb to those thoughts. So that alone is very inspirational. And I want to thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, to add on to that, <laughs> The toxic relationship, because there's, you know, I, I see this every time when the military, I've seen it outside the military, everywhere, people are in relationships, but it is very difficult for them to leave that relationship. Can you tell us about your experience in leaving that relationship? Because at a certain point, you understood that it wasn't healthy for you and you deserve more, right? Yes. Uh, I don't think that I knew it back then at that moment that I deserve more, right? It was just starting to be like really heavy. And, you know, it wasn't just my, you know, ended marriage. It was throughout my whole life. I was, again, I saw the examples around me. When we're kids, we start to model those people around us. So I was outsourcing my happiness. I was outsourcing my worthiness. I was looking for others to validate me. I was looking for men who are hard to get and rebels because that will prove that I'm good enough, right? I can get him. So I'm good enough. And, uh, 
it was just different places, different faces, but I was ending up feeling the same way, hurt and um, very many times like disrespected, you know. And it was because I wasn't respecting myself. One thing that I realized and that I learned not early on my journey, but now later on it, it's that other people will treat us the way we treat ourselves. So the way you treat yourself, you teach others how to treat you, right? Because in life, you don't get what you want. Like, oh, I want a fairy tale and I want to be like crazy in love and be treated like the queen. You get what you settle on. I kept saying yes mm -hmm. to like, oh, this is not that bad instead of like, oh, this is amazing. This is great. Right. So I was allowing men to treat me a certain way because it was just the back reflection to myself and how I felt about myself that I'm unworthy and I'm unlovable, that I have to be always doing things to please others. So they stay with me. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I remember when was that the click, like the light bulb moment, right? Um, many years ago when I was still married, I went to yoga and it was a yin yoga. That's supposed to be just like relaxing, right? Yoga. And I'm like, okay, let's try it. I went there and um, the teacher said right at the beginning of the class, this 60 minutes, it's for you. You get to give yourself this time. Anything that weighs you down, like take it and put it on the side of your yoga mat. You can pick it up after the class. It was really shop, shocking for me back then when I realized that what I wanted to put on the side was my ex-husband, back then husband. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is no good. And that's when I started to realize and notice how he was treating me and how it always turned like, oh, I'm the bad. I didn't do enough, right? All these things um, that reminded me of my stepfather. So, um, you know, I, I had to step in and, and step up for myself. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm happily divorced now. He's not a bad man. He's just not the right man for me, right? Mm -hmm. Because we will keep attracting the energy of how we are feeling. The universe, God, whatever you believe in, it will always keep mirroring it back to you. It will be giving you the evidence. So if you want to change something in your life, you get to start with yourself. Some people will stay, some people will distance, and it's okay. You came here to grow and evolve. You didn't come here to, you know, be in nine to five that you hate and, and then binge watching TV and fall asleep. If you're doing nine to five that fulfills you and makes you feel alive, please go for it and enjoy it. I know for myself, I'm highly unemployable at this point, you know, working six years for myself. I mean, I even try like, I think three years ago, I was like, oh, with my MBA, what if I get some nice marketing managerial position? No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. I, I didn't came to do that. So you get to go back into that. The relationships around you are a reflection of you. And it doesn't mean, you know, if you're, family or partners are um, reflecting back to some negative behavior that you are a negative person. It only says about how you are deep inside thinking about yourself. Because when you're truly in love with yourself, when you know how worthy and beautiful you are, 
You won't let anyone to tell you otherwise. You won't. So start with you and everything around you will change, you know, like uh, very naively, especially women, we think that, oh, no, 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 he will change. No, he won't. This is what you got. I remember a um, couple of years ago, I asked one of my clients, she was in relationship and I had the feeling it's, mm. I will never tell my clients what to do. I always bring them back to themselves so they can make the decision. But I had the feeling that that's probably not it. You know, we can sense it from the outsider perspective. So one day when I wanted to guide her back to herself and her own answers, I asked her, well, if with your boyfriend, nothing ever changes, everything will stay exactly as it is. Would you be okay with that? And she said, no. I'm like, huh, what are you expecting to change? People, people can grow, people can evolve, but you cannot expect them to change. Right now in my life, if nothing ever changes, I'm happy. I am so happy and so fulfilled and so thankful. My relationships, my business, my clients, my team, my family, I love it. And everything else, it's upgrades that we want a bigger house, bigger car, baby next year. Like all these things are upgrades and I'm open for them, but I don't need them. I don't need my life to change. So check in with yourself. If nothing ever changes in your life, are you okay with that? Most people will say, don't know. Okay, what can you safely do right now? Because there are crazy things that you can do, like, oh, screw it, like I'm out of my nine to five, screw it, I'm divorcing, bye, and leaving kids behind, whatever, right? So what can you safely do to change the direction of your life? And sometimes it's as simple as declaring your desires. Sometimes it's as simple as having the intention and start looking for podcasts, right? Start looking for books, start looking for help, reaching out. Because once the focus is there, the universe will always bring it to you because you're focusing on it. You will attract it into your life. So you don't have to know all the path. It's like you say, so it's really about the journey. And I was so stubbornly fighting it. I was thinking that when I have this and when I have that, when I achieve this, then I will be happy. I was naively living in a when land when this and this happened, right? It's not that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you achieve. Nothing will magically change. I thought like, oh, when I have my, my bachelor's degree in marketing, everything will change. Nothing changed. Okay, let me get my MBA. Let me get my six pack. Let me get married. Let me build my own business. Let me get a five figure months. Let me, oh my goodness, the list could go on and on and on. Now I'm being fully present to what is because that's all that is. And then I let it unfold. Mm -hmm. It's such a different feeling. There is no rush, there is no pressure. I still have my plants and dreams and goals. And, and then I think there is this saying that um, tell God your plants and he will laugh, something like that, right? Like I planned my whole year 2020, then COVID happened. I was like, okay, let's <laughs> plan again. Okay. So yeah, it's so important to check in with yourself, really check in, invest that time of silence in you five minutes a day and start listening. Start listening, not to the world, but yourself. It will change a lot of things. Yoga, yoga is a great way to do that uh, mm -hmm. for people who maybe struggle with 
figuring out how you can actually start developing that self-awareness, yoga definitely is practicing that because you have to be present when you're participating in yoga. Uh, and and you, you mentioned something great that is it's you're, you're so focused on all the accomplishments, right? The, the degrees, MBA, the marriage, all those things, but you're, you're not happy. Like if you're not happy right now and you get a million dollars, you're probably still not going to be happy. You buy whatever you want, then it's done, right? You, you feel happy for those uh, short hits of <laughs> dopamine, but as soon as they're done with the money, you're, you're back to where you're at. And that, that's why money is not the, the only thing that can make you happy. You have to check in with yourself. Like you said, that is the most important part because you can be happy. Obviously you still have goals and dreams. Don't settle for what's less than possible because you always ask yourself what's possible. What, what can I create now? And, and just like you, you're a retreat in Bali that can give people an experience. They'll never forget. Right. Mm-hmm. They're always thinking what's possible and how you can, do more and become more, but it all starts with you and how you're being, not what you do or what you have, but how you're being mm-hmm. in the present. I love, that. I love that so much. And we speak so much the same language. I just love this connection already. Um, I truly believe that what people don't remember is that we are human beings, not human doings. And no mm-hmm. matter how many times you have heard this phrase before, like, are you still doing all the time, right? I think it's like this mm-hmm. beautiful balance and it's something that I'm also using in a business, this feminine flow. And it's not only for women. We all have that energy, mm-hmm. feminine and masculine. But very mm-hmm. often in today's nowadays society, we are guided to do, right? To perform, to achieve, to to do more, right? Instead of become, become something mm-hmm. more. So when you can introduce this flow of the feminine, feminine is the playfulness, the receiving, the nurturing, the the intuition, the emotional part, the feelings, right? Very often we push women and men, we push our feelings on the side, like I got to stay in my head, I got to stay safe, I got to stay thinking, right? But when you can marry those two, that feminine and the masculine, trusting your intuition, trusting your feelings, connecting with your body, being fully present and playful, then from that place you can take an inspired action and it will be so Mm -hmm. much more effortless than grinding and doing and I used to have four side hustles working seven days a week and now I have six figure you know coaching online coaching business working only with people I truly love and adore and believe in and I work three days a week Mm. so it's not about doing more it's about who are you being? Who are you being at this moment in time? And that's that's a, a great example for people who might be stuck. Maybe they did get the MBA and they got their the nice salary job, and but they they know there's something more for them to do, yeah. right? And I mean, if you never overcame that belief that you're not enough to start a business like this, yeah. to coach people and to change lives like this, then you would have been stuck in that job. And then how many years of your life would you not be able to experience what's possible Mm. and the happiness that's possible when you live your purpose? Yeah. Yeah. 
Six years ago, I got fired from my corporate. And back then, it was heartbroken and surprising for me. But now I'm so happy it happened because I would keep playing it small. I would keep playing it safe. I would stay there mm -hmm. because the money was good. The work was good, you know, and it was like good enough, right? And it was nothing mm -hmm. exciting, but good enough. And I'm so happy that, you know, sometimes we are not realizing that we get to be thankful for the things that didn't happen, you know, mm -hmm. because we're praying for things. But then what about those things that we wanted and they didn't happen? Thank God. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh, like, where would I be if I would stay married or if I would stay in my country, if I would mm -hmm. just stay in a corporate job, if I wouldn't. And I love how you said it the the feeling that you're meant for more it's funny because two years ago in 2019 here in las vegas i hosted live event for almost 100 women called meant for more here at uh, tivoli village it was beautiful because we all have this nudge and this desire i am meant for more this can't be it you gotta follow it and i'm not telling you to quit your job or relationship I'm just telling you, start to listen and everything will be unfolding. Be patient. Be patient with the journey because that's something that I'm learning. I'm stubborn, you know, so I'm like, I want it yesterday. Where is it? Where is my stuff? <laughs> right? I'm manifesting something. I learned to surrender. I learned to trust. And then it's not, I can have the intention, right? I can have the desire, but then I surrender it to something bigger because it knows more than me. You cannot see the whole puzzle of your life. You have few pieces, you put some pieces together, but you are not seeing the whole puzzle. The universe does. Let it guide you. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a there's one saying that I remember that uh, you're in, you're the only person who can't see yourself clearly. Yeah. And we we get stuck in this vision i think les brown said something like that you can't see the picture the full picture when you're stuck in the frame yes and this is why it's important to have other people mentors coaches people who can see that and give you the feedback necessary to keep you moving because then people might listen to this and be like well how do i actually start mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's something that you don't have to do alone like we mentioned earlier you don't have to start alone you can have help help is okay. And then start asking if, if right now, like you said, if nothing changes, will you be okay with that? I love that. I'm stealing that forever. Don't steal, take it. It's yours, run with it. It's my gift to you and, and whatever else you want to take. There's no stealing. Trust me. I believe in abundance. So <laughs> let's all share it. Let's all grow together. You know, I think it's one thing I want to add there. You said it's okay to ask for help. What I believe it's, it's a necessary ask mm -hmm. for help because Musa, mm -hmm. I try doing everything by myself. Google, YouTube, books. I invest a decade of my time in trying to figure it out everything skyrocketed mm -hmm. when I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to do this alone. You know, I hired my first life coach when I was in a corporate, he was a podcaster. I listened to his podcast when I was like, you know, like brainwashing myself to something positive. And I hired him as my life coach. And then I had several different coaches and mentors. Now I'm working with three mentors and one holistic doctor. So it's beautiful and it's necessary. 
It's mm-hmm. necessary that you ask for help. You're not meant to do this alone. If you want to like invest your time, like many years and going all the directions and doing the right thing, the wrong thing and experience it all. If that's your journey, go for it. But me, the one thing that I would do sooner, it's ask for help. You know, ask for help. It's necessary because you, mm-hmm. so many Oh, things that you could be experiencing like so much faster when you allow yourself and put your pride on the side and said like, hey, I'm meant to do this with community, with the tribe, with other people. And if you're introverted, do it with one person and your mentor. It's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. to be yourself, but look for help. It's priceless. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I thank you for, for adding that in because I, I agree. I I will change the way I say that because it is absolutely necessary. And if, if you do think you have to do all the work on yourself, because, you know, I I use the term self-mastery a lot. It's not just about yourself because there's still limitation when you do everything alone, right? When there's synergy, when there's interdependence, that's where the potential is limitless. And I want to be respectful for your time. Honestly, I can go for a lot longer, but we'll definitely do this again. But for for people who want to continue the conversation and reach you uh, online, where's the best place? I'll link the information in the show notes and the details, but where's the best place for people to reach you? So I feel like my favorite place is Instagram. It's just my name, Petia Kolibova. I do, you know, training stories. I'm all over the place there. I love it. It's my jam. And then I have also a free Facebook group, Unapologetically Abundant Woman, where I do training, invite guest speakers. It's beautiful, safe space for you to realize that you do deserve to live an abundant life. So those are my two favorite places. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. If you're listening to this, follow her on Instagram. It's an amazing page, a lot of great info, a lot of value there. Uh, And I thank you very much. The greatest gift people can give is their time and their true self. And you've done that here on this podcast today. And I just want to thank you. I'm very honored to be able to share this podcast with you. Thank you so much. I love your work and I can't wait to continue to seeing it. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.